The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to another Football to the Max. And yes, you heard it. Alabama wins national champions again. As uh, the committee must be feeling really good right now at their decision to put them number four. And then Nick Saban and crew go on to prove them right. Eric Watkins is, of course, here with me, and glad that we, I can finally change that that intro and get Eric into the that part of it. I feel bad it took that long, but sometimes things just happen, and I have three things to say: A. Yawn. B. Called it. C. Oh, God, we're going to have to hear so much from the committee over the next couple of years. Well, I think a lot of people would have said, yeah, Alabama, go with them. Uh, the The prevalent thing for me is just, it, it's still, it's going to be that mystery, right, of, well, does this mean we're going to have more of these where two teams from one conference gets in? Do they correct next year and make sure it didn't happen again i mean i know the game actually didn't wind wound up being pretty decent you know i think a lot of people were expecting this you know ultra defensive battle and everything else but it went to overtime and uh georgia had the lead and then if they sack the quarterback way back there. You're thinking, oh, it's going to be one of these. Alabama's going to get their due. And the next play is what happened there that you heard in the intro. And Alabama is, is national champion. It's kind of crazy. It, it is. In seeing the first half, Jalen Hurts really couldn't move the ball offensively. He looked pretty tentative as he's prone to do all season and then the backup the brand new flying hawaiian comes in the left-handed savior and it's like all right let's do this so you think this winds up in a cardell jones situation uh i wouldn't say completely i would say though because i believe hurts has one more year left mm-hmm Right, and the fact that you're dealing with a true freshman here, so it's going to bring up a good open competition going into the spring for the Crimson Tide. And we have seen, Saban doesn't normally like to, but we have seen him do it where he does the dual quarterback thing. Uh, it, so, I mean, maybe that's something that they look into next year. It's, just, it's so weird because Jalen Hurts have been fine. Until that game. And then all of a sudden, he just has an absolutely putrid first half. You know, credit to Georgia's defense as well. And second half, you bring in the the new guy, and he carries them to uh, a comeback. They were down 27. 
Oh yeah, down twenty to seven, down thirteen to nothing at the half, and I even said, "Hey, Georgia, if they want to do anything and have any sort of a shot, they needed that touchdown at the end of the half. They got it, but they really didn't prepare. Not to mention, it was terrible coverage on that second and twenty-six. Terrible oh, coverage. That was awful." Yeah, I mean, it, it was triggered by not bump, not being able to bump the guy, which that makes a, a big difference because the safety couldn't come over. But mm-hmm. still, it's just it's you got to be prepared better than that. I, I feel like at that moment, all you have to do is make sure they don't get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You've already done a good job of making it difficult on a field goal for a guy that's missed two on the night. We gotta remember he had a chance to actually give Alabama the win, and he missed. Mm-hmm. So all you had to do was was make sure Alabama didn't get that first down, uh, much less a touchdown, and you you give it up that easily. It seems weird. It, it, it just is not to mention the fact that Georgia, even up to that play. They really let up on some of their physicality. Yes, they had the great sack on first down. Yes, they were still able to pretty much stop the run game. But I think that in a lot of that second half, they just took their foot off the gas. And you don't do that against Nick Saban. Yeah, and then you have a fourth and four where you could have really put things into your favor and they score. I mean, so... You're, you're looking at so many things that Georgia could have avoided, but there you are again, Georgia, whether it's college or professional, you're blowing a lead in a championship mm-hmm. game. I, I mean, what, do you think that this, what was this, I mean, for Georgia that hadn't been there in such a long time, I mean, what do you think this means for them going forward? Because Alabama, you know, They'll probably do this again. They probably will. I heard their odds-on favorite to repeat, which doesn't surprise me. And honestly, with the way Georgia is, are they going to have a bit of a hangover? Absolutely. But I think with Kirby Smart, especially being another of Saban's assistants, I think he's going to get them back together, make a couple of tweaks, and make a run that, okay, if we don't see them in the regular season, we're probably going to see them in the SEC championship game back in Atlanta next year. Let's make that our goal and get our slice of revenge. Exactly. And this was the the matchup that I think a lot of people were expecting in the SEC championship game. You get it in this national championship game. And... Maybe this is the matchup that we're, you know, like you said, happens again next year. I mean, you've got Jake Frog coming back. There's uh, several key uh, players coming back as well for Georgia. And uh, we, we talked about it for Alabama. Just, I mean, look, it doesn't matter with, with Nick Saban's teams. They could lose a slew of guys and they're right back at it the next year. Just how good he is at recruiting. But I feel like even though maybe the ratings may still go down, as you would expect, and all that stuff, I feel like the game lived up to the hype. It, maybe it wasn't the best game. Uh, certainly, you know, what Georgia and Oklahoma did in the semifinals was tr- was tremendous, and it was going to be very hard to equal that. But I feel like it was still pretty good, though. I, it could have been much worse. Oh, yeah. It turned out to be a fantastic game. I, for one, saw it as a blowout for Alabama. In the first half, it really was a blowout in Georgia's favor. But for the Tide to come back, eventually force overtime like they did, go on and win it. I mean, it was a very muted feeling because this was an all-SEC team, really an SEC territory. But... That's really my only drawback. The game itself was great. It just didn't have the mass appeal like a lot of people hope for. Yeah, I mean, it's 
that's what happens when it gets very regionalized. But it happens, right? And in mm-hmm. in sports, sometimes uh, seen it in baseball. Uh, you you got it in the, the Super Bowl when you know the Patriots and Giants would play. Uh, I mean, it, this is going to happen at, at times, uh, depending on who's who's good that year and who's not. But I, I think we can move on from that. It was again a better than expected championship game, and uh, you know college will come up again when we talk about the NFL draft. But for the most part. That's sort of it for the the college game Uh, until, you know, spring ball comes around and uh, all that kind of stuff. But moving that focus, as as we said here, I'm not going to we're not going to go step by step through these uh, NFL games that are already four days old by the time you're listening to this, uh, you know, with most of you listening to it Wednesday and beyond. Let's uh, let's start with this whole thing with the Patriots saga here and the ESPN <laughs> report that came out about Brady, Belichick, and Kraft being at odds and there being this pride thing that who was the one that was the reason for the the dynasty and all this stuff and it's like. I think it's it's interesting from a perspective of could this be happening? Sure. It's possible that this may have happened, but the Patriots are also the kings of dealing with crazy stuff happening to them. So uh, you sometimes you wonder if like Tom Brady says in one of the interviews that he cuts after uh this whole thing went down, it's like people got to start being really tricky about how they talk about us because we deal with we've learned to deal with adversity so well yeah and one of the big things is normally everybody's tight-lipped everything is stonewalled but i think of the fact that all this stuff is just um been going on and going on and going on and little things have been leaking out really dating all the way back to the Garoppolo trade I think the three of them are just like enough's enough and what was a very powerful triumvirate New England now alliances are formed and battle lines have been drawn and I think that's what's leading to this saga and all of these reports. I mean, it was inevitable given how long the fact that they've been together. And I, for one, am kind of glad to see it happen. <laughs> I mean, it obviously disrupts one of the NFL's, you know, great teams. And now that's going to be a huge talking point with the Titans going in, even though a lot of people still expect that, as we'll get into for the Patriots to do the business and move on. Mm-hmm. But still, I for me, it's interesting what Brady says, right? That they hadn't talked about Garoppolo since, like, June. And then the only time he was brought up again was during the trade deadline where he was asked, are you okay with this? And, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect him to say, oh, yeah, I'm just overjoyed at the fact that we're you're trading him or or whatever, but... I don't know. I I mean, I do think it's genuine. He does keep up with all these guys that have left, right? And mm-hmm. and I think this one it just might have been one of those where I I wonder if it really goes down the way ESPN says, right? I think some of that might be a little sensationalized, as considering you're not naming any sources in the entire story either, which is very interesting uh, from that perspective. Right, and that gives you a little bit of a question into what's going on at ESPN. What are some of their motives for all of this? Because it is a little bit quirky. But at the same time, they haven't named any sources, but how are these things coming out? Are someone like Brady or Belichick leaking things and then all of a sudden deciding to put up a united front when they're called out? 
I mean, is it true? A lot of the things, some things have come out from Garoppolo himself. I mean, it's kind of puzzling to put together the trail of what's leading back to whom. Yeah, I mean, and it does make sense from Belichick's perspective, right? Because you would have to think that this is not a Phil Jackson situation where, okay, well, I'll retire when Brady does. Right. He's given no indication of that. Could it happen? Sure, it could. That maybe at that point, if, if Brady does play till he's 45 or 43 or whatever, you know, Belichick coaches a few more years and he says, all right, I might not, might not want to do this, you know, my whole life and be 80 and, and still be coaching or maybe he does. And he's, he is a competitor and, and we've seen that. And in order for him to keep up the way things have been, for him in this stretch with the Patriots, you got to have the heir apparent. You got to have the guy that comes after. And Garoppolo, by all intents and purposes, and from you know the limited amount of games that we saw in San Francisco, which was pretty much all good, that he seemed like the guy. So if you're mm-hmm. Belichick, wouldn't you do everything you could to keep Garoppolo? Because Brady is one injury away from. Oh, God, who are we starting now? Brian Hoyer? Yes. Well, not just injury, but age. Brady's now 40. Next season, 41. You're not like someone like a Steve DeBerg who started a game for the Atlanta Falcons at 44. You're not a George Belanda who played in 1974 was a quarterback for the Oakland Raiders at the age of 45, 47. These kinds of things are anomalies for a reason. And no matter what with this TB12 method or Alex or Guerrero, time is undefeated. Belichick knew that. Yeah, he knew that. And he also realized, hey, I need to see if I can keep coaching and keep winning with someone else. I know what Brady's got me. I know what he wants to do. I know what he's doing now. But if I want to keep this thing going for another five, six years and ride off into the sunset, maybe with another ring or two, I can't hitch my wagon to him. I got to go younger. Yeah. Uh, and Well, and that's the thing. You know, Belichick's only got so many years left. Mm-hmm. And Brady... Like you said, I mean, that method may work, and he may play until then. Obviously, it depends greatly on if that offensive line improves and protects him, because if, you know, Mm -hmm. he's getting sacked like uh, Jacoby Brissett was or Andrew Luck when he was playing for the Colts, which, you know, still up in the air as to whether he's going to be healthy for next year or not, or, or Russell Wilson, if it becomes one of those, where Brady's getting sacked more often than not, that age might start creeping up with him. Uh, you know, even uh, in that week one game, what were we talking about? Or not us, but several others were ready to chime in. Oh, he's old. Oh, look at the way this is happening. Oh, and then what did he go out and do? Showed he could still do it at 40. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's the thing. He's able to do that and keep doing that, but at the same time, as you said, how much longer is you go, are you going to keep doing that? And if you're going to do that, why not do that with someone else? And I've mentioned this on past shows. Belichick has still got something to prove being the competitor that he is, creating something else or creating this wonderful system that's won so many championships I can do this with just about anybody. Let me have someone else long-term, and I'll show you what I can still do. And Brady, there's still going to be that question. I've done everything here. Could I have done something somewhere else? And had it not been for intervention from Robert Kraft, we would have the answers to both of those questions right now. I don't now. think it's totally intervention from Robert Kraft. I think there is an element of Brady as well. 
Oh, yeah. Brady had to okay that trade, right? If he really wanted to do something outside of New England, mm-hmm. he would have said, no, keep him here. Let him let him start over me, right? But he seems to be fine where he is. He knows what his legacy is. I don't think he feels like I have to go out and prove that I'm not a quote-unquote system quarterback. I think he, he obviously knows that there's going to be people, whether they win this Super Bowl or not, that, you know, hey, I'm I'm going to be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, you know, people, that's going to be argued forever because it's, it's subjective and it is what it is. But it grows harder and harder with every step that they take in playoffs and every division title that they win and every Super Bowl that they win. I mean, it's going to be really hard. Say this guy wins six Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is a huge feat. And then to go and say, oh, he's just a system guy. He doesn't deserve all this. He doesn't deserve to be uh, one of the greatest of all time. I mean, it speaks for itself. Absolutely. And I have no qualms in saying his greatness, but it's always going to be that sort of a question mark. You know, what if? X, Y, and Z had to happen. I mean, we saw, even with the other great guys, and as you go back in the 70s, Terry Bradshaw, that relationship with Chuck Knoll only worked but for so long. But once Bradshaw retired, Chuck Knoll still had a great record, but couldn't achieve that same level of excellence. Joe Montana and Bill Walsh in the 80s, they were together, they won Super Bowls, but then look what happened. After Bill Walsh left, yes, you still had that same, not quite the same level of success, but that made the transition to Steve Young easier. He wound up getting a ring, while Montana still had success in Kansas City. You have all of these questions answered, and I'm not even going into the situation with the 90s with Dallas, with Brett Favre and the Packers. That's a whole different story altogether. But you still, you have all of this evidence, and you have these questions for these decades answered. You even have with with Peyton Manning answered, going from Indianapolis to Denver. This is the only one that's going to create a debate, possibly for a generation or more. I mean, but that's the thing, right? I mean, yeah, it's all these stories of guys doing well with other teams are out there. And I just think if Brady, he would do just fine with another team as well. I don't think that it's – you can complain about whatever it is, this system, that thing, this guy, whatever, the OC – Whoever it is, greatness is greatness. They rise above, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning did it. Yeah, he ended up winning the championship when he was basically gimpy. But I think that Brady is just, he's loyal. He wants to be on that same team. And how many times do we hear about that, right? Of one guy wanting to be with a team and that's what he wants to do. You know, uh, not too many guys just say, okay, I'm going to be with this team for life or whatever. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I don't know. I just personally think, really, if you ask me, the Patriots do win somebody's riding off into the sunset and all of this just goes away. And it won't be the owner. (laughs) Oh, no. Definitely won't be the owner. Yeah, I just wonder if one of them will happen. But, hey, Robert Kraft is on on record saying he believes that Bill Belichick will be back coaching. 
So, of course, all of them have come out at some point or another, disputed this, not been happy about this at all, uh, including Belichick. So, uh, but it is interesting that all his coaches are being interviewed. And, I mean, not that that hasn't happened in the past. I think we need to make that point. That it's not like Josh McDaniels hasn't gone out and interviewed in the past and taken other jobs, come back, you know. Uh, how many of his how many of his offenses, you know, Charlie Weisman took the job at Notre Dame. I mean, uh, Romeo Cornell. I mean, it's not like, I, I think a lot is being made of that. Mm-hmm. But this happens all the time. So, uh, you know, all this is just kind of in line. And right now, none of those guys have been hired yet. So that's another thing to point out as well. I mean, even though we keep getting, keep seeing coordinators and coaches get fired, and and it seems likely that perhaps one of those guys will end up taking one of these jobs, but right now it's not happening. Not yet, but it, I say it's still only January. Yeah, as it's very true. And uh, one of the big hires that we talked about last time, John Gruden to the Oakland Raiders has happened. Ten years. $100 million. John Gruden. Back in the NFL. Mm. It's going to be interesting. Something Mark Davis called a big effing deal. Well, obviously it's a big deal. If your rumors are floating around for ownership stake in the team and other rumors and reports about assistance getting a four years guaranteed. Yes, this is a gigantic deal. I mean, I personally think, is it a good move? Yes. Is it going to be the greatest move? No. Is it going to be a total disaster? No. It's a wait and see, and I think more good can come out of this than bad. Uh, you know, the there is a chance that a lot, you know, that this could happen, right? I, mm-hmm. That he's been out of the league such a long time that perhaps there's a lost touch thing. But there's a lot of coaches that have come in and they they do a good job. And you got to think about where John Gruden's been, right? He's been the commentator for Monday Night Football. He's seen so many teams. He's seen the league change. He's talked to all the coaches. I mean, this is not a guy that's always oh, been a shut-in. I mean, it's not like with uh, Joe Gibbs who came back to coaching after being a NASCAR and still did pretty decent, actually. Yeah, this, had he actually stuck with that, he could have had a little more success. Yeah, and it, this is a guy that's been around the league, watching it, watching tape, you know, being involved in the, the college stuff when the draft happens. He's He's got a big personality. Yeah, he has uh, some skeletons in the closet as far as how he treated his players that isn't always talked about, you know, as far as building them up and then tearing them down when you're behind closed doors. But perhaps he's, he's learned from that, uh, in his time. Uh, mm-hmm. and what do you make of the, the rumors of, Oh, well, what if he doesn't get along with Derek Carr or is Derek Carr maybe not his favorite person or, I just feel like, why would you take a job if you're not in favor of the the quarterback that got the huge contract that's not going anywhere? Exactly. Not to mention, Derek Carr was at his QB camp. He's even uh, dealt with his brother David before this. Is much ado about nothing. And I honestly think that might have been a factor of why Gruden decided to take this job rather than holding out for a couple of others. It also helps your, you have a friendship with the owner. Plus, well. you're going, plus in a good couple years' time, you're going to a place with no state tax. Big help. Yeah. That, not wrong. Not wrong about that at all. Uh, but I feel like, I don't, and then he will make a big deal about the 10 years and whatever, $100 million. Like, seriously, most 
it's rare that a coach stays there that long. Yeah, you're paying him a lot of money. But I think you also have to remember you're also getting sort of a a brand, a big name coach. You're getting somebody that's won a Super Bowl. You're getting someone that's coming from from a high profile setting. He brings he's somebody that can bring people into the building. He has a personality that 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 helps the the media get more into things and and all that. I mean, it, the players uh, are really into this. You have uh, who is it? Uh, Donald Penn says this is like uh, Steve Kerr coming to the Warriors. I mean, that's that's big praise, you know, because we know what happened with Steve Kerr going to the Warriors. The Warriors took- all of a sudden started winning. Well, so, I, I asterisk. That was a 60-win team before he got there. That's why the comparison was more apt. He took a good team in an organization that did their previous coach a little dirty, and he took them to the next level and beyond. The same thing could happen here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that could go wrong or go right for the Raiders. I mean, heck, it could be a one year thing. Gruden comes in, the Raiders play awesome, and this whole thing works out. Or you know, they're four and twelve next year, and everybody's sitting here questioning what this is. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we got to see how things go. I'm sure when the draft comes, everybody's going to have all ears and eyes on what the Raiders do. But this is not, of course, the only coaching change happening as well. Uh, right after the Chiefs' loss to the Titans, which uh, that was interesting in itself. <laughs> You're up 21-3 and you lose 22-21 to a team that seemed inferior for most of the game. Oh, that... Oy. Yeah, Marcus Mariota makes a pass to himself for a touchdown. I mean, you know, <laughs> some crazy things happening. Derrick Henry goes off. Uh, it's it's just amazing to me how the Chiefs, Andy Reid, and company bungled that one. That, 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 that one of the further mysteries in life. How do you blow an 18-point lead? How do you let a quarterback have a six-yard touchdown pass to himself? How do you only run the ball five times in the second half? I don't get it. Uh, That one I didn't understand either. I mean, you're talking about Kareem Hunt here. Also, I mean, the Titans did do a good job of kind of stifling him a bit. But still, I think the bigger thing... Look, uh, we can talk, if you want to, you want to talk about the forward progress problems, I think that's... Stupid, 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 stupid. Stupid enough that Jeff Triple is even considering retiring. As well as he should. Now, on the Marcus Mariota sack, I would have understood entirely, and I've seen this happen a little bit more now, under the guise of player safety... If you call the guy in the grass, I think yeah, it's a little bit iffy, but I would have understood it. Yeah, but call him down as, by contact, not forward progress. Exactly, down by contact, because that's what in the grass is on a sack. Hey, he stopped right here, he's down right here, he ain't going anywhere, that's that. But the call, oh god, that was just stupid. Yeah, because that was the one where the player wound up wrestling with the lineman and then he got the fumble, but it had already been forward progress. It's like, come on, you just cost the Chiefs something right there. Now, obviously, the one that got run back for a touchdown, Derrick Henry was down already. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it didn't matter. But it's just, uh, I think for me, and it also goes to player safety, something we saw done correctly that we did not see done correctly in another game Travis Kelsey gets driven into the ground. He's out. That mm-hmm. changes the Chiefs. I mean, it changed them. They they were not the same team after that. Absolutely. They really couldn't improvise. And 
you forget how much of that passing game runs through Travis Kelsey. He's not there. Tyree Hill being very well covered for large chunks of that game. It, it, the Chiefs just didn't know how to compensate. Yeah, you had to go back to the backup tight end who made some had some drops. You know, and and that's important where Kelsey's dependable. You know where he's going to be. He can run any kind of route you need him to. It's not the same thing when you have the backup in there, and that affects Alex Smith. It affects the whole team. And that might have been the reason why they can't run is because they're going to make sure that Kareem Hunt's not going to be what, what burns them when they know that it's difficult for Alex Smith to pass now. Mm-hmm. But credit to the Titans for making the comeback, and now they get to you know play an even more difficult team in the Patriots, uh, where they're going to be confident up there in Foxborough. That's going to be a difficult one, and nothing that I saw in that game against the Chiefs makes me change my thought that the Patriots were going through the championship game. Does it you? No, I picked New England at the beginning of the season. I picked New England at the beginning of the playoffs. I'm definitely sticking with them now after seeing this. I mean, there's no way that Mariota is going to be able to do this twice. And especially with the weather, Saturday night in Foxborough, no. I think the difference is that Brady, whether it's one player goes down or whatever, he finds a way. Not to mention this creepy cult warrior game of thrones like posts on his instagram i that alone is like what is in this guy's head well plus you've got all the drama so that every time there's drama or some something's being said about the guy what does he do he gets angry and he goes out there and has terrific games i mean Exactly, and I mean, who wouldn't want to set up for a terrific game when he's out there playing in the fog and he's like, oh, you fate says you can't beat the storm. He goes, I am the storm. I'm like, did he take something that I don't know about? Is there a little bit extra in all of this kale and plant-based diet? Is he sneaking a couple extra plants in there that uh, we need to question? I'm not against it, don't get me wrong, but uh, there are some side effects. Certainly. Uh, One of the men that got stripped of their offensive coordinating duties during the game was Matt Nagy, and he is now the Chicago Bears coach. I mean, the Bears really did not believe him when he said he called every play in that game. They know that he didn't, and that's why they hired him. He's like, you know what you're doing. We've got Trubisky. For the love of God, we need to score points. Can you do that? Fantastic. Welcome to Chicago. Uh, We have a running game, very much like you have with uh, Kareem Hunt. The only problem is you don't have wide receivers like the... Uh, Chiefs did, so that might be something we certainly are going to be seeing from the Bears, getting some help for Trubisky, because, oh, that was just, sometimes it was almost scary to watch him, who the hell is he going to throw to, and obviously hoping Zach Miller comes back healthy after his health scare as well, but, yeah, Matt Nagy is going to be interesting for the Bears. Uh, what they do here. And, and the Chiefs didn't waste any time. They already replaced the offensive corner with uh, running backs coach Eric Benemy, who uh, Andy Reid says he's known for years. Okay. Uh, that might not go 100% well. <laughs> He'll Why do not? the same thing to him that he did to Matt Nagy if he sees fit. Yeah, I guess, but I think there's something to be said for hiring from within, right? Not just going and find somebody. No, I I get that part, but I mean, if you're willing to snatch the play calling duties from a very competent coordinator who was a quarterback himself, don't you think that you're liable to do that to a guy that you've known for years? 
and who was in a lesser position? Sure. As always, you will. But, I mean, nobody's untouchable on the staff when you're Andy Reid and trying to find scapegoats, but still, I, I think uh, that's that's something to, to bring up, I think, for later down the road once we know if Benavie brings anything. But for right now, that's the decision that they've made. We'll have to see how that pans out, obviously. And again, how much this offense is going to change because you don't know if Alex Smith is going to be back. Is it going to be Patrick Mahomes' team by then? How does that change? Does that change the offense at all? You know, does anybody else leave along with Smith? There's going to be lots of questions uh, the Chiefs have to answer on that front when that time comes. Uh, speaking of other hires here, before we get into one that involves the playoffs again, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals hire Terrell Austin, former defensive coordinator for the Lions, as their new defensive coordinator. The Lions huh. did improve defensively under him. I mean, they they had some terrific players that helped in that regard with Slay, Glover, Hello Dinana, whenever... Levy could be on the field. Uh, I get it. Oh, okay. It's it's one of those that's like, yes, it makes sense, but you're still asking yourself, who? <laughs> you still are. I think it's, uh, I think they'll, they'll be all right, though. I, they could have made a worse hire. Than uh, oh, yeah. Austin, so it could, it, it could have been a lot worse. So one that does affect a playoff team that I, we should talk about this because I made mention about concussion protocol gone wrong. The Panthers, after losing to the New Orleans Saints for the third time this season, in fact, the New Orleans paper said that, don't worry, Panthers, you don't have to go get another a new owner because your new owner is the New Orleans Saints. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you did get owned three times. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, clever by the Saints, but man, damn. One of the big talking points from that game is, obviously, Cam Newton has a concussion. But they don't even protocol the guy. They just let him no. go right back in. No, they went ahead, they checked his eye, and that was it. And I thought... Looking at the video initially, looking at the play live, looking at the replay afterwards, I think that the first hit was sort of just bad timing. You have one lineman try to take him down. His knee doesn't touch the ground, so he gets back up. And you have another lineman coming in, and it's to me it looked like head to chest. And I'm thinking, oh, that's an ugly look, and that's unfortunate. And then on the replay after that, as everybody's getting up, the cleat kick, and I thought, ah, you could have avoided that one. So it, it was already a bad situation that was made a lot worse by what Carolina did. I mean, did they learn nothing from what happened with Tom Savage in Houston or Russell Wilson in the Seahawks? Apparently not. But, I mean, this is the playoffs, and you know that there was a difference between Cam Newton playing and Derek Anderson playing, so they were probably doing anything they could to make sure they had an advantage. And I get that completely, but still, you know the league is going to come after you if you try anything funny, playoffs or not. So you've got to figure out, it's like, ah... Uh... We know this is worth it, but can we really take this hit over here? Yeah, Cam Newton takes a sack, which winds up being the end of things uh, for the Panthers in a game that was pretty close for the most part. You know, as you'd expect with divisional foes, I I really enjoyed it. I think it was one of the better games of the weekend. 
it didn't start out that way, but it did turn out to have even a better finish than uh, Kansas City, Tennessee. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and and a way better finish than the Jaguars and Bills, even though the Jaguars did win. Uh, man, that was not pretty at all. I knew it was going to be low scoring, but Christ, I wasn't expecting that. Oof. I mean, 10-3... The Bills had a shot at the end to tie it and go on to force overtime. Defensive struggle, I think. I think we might have expected that, but Mm -hmm. good Lord, Blake Bortles. How do you, as Blake Bortles, now if you would have told me one of the quarterbacks would have run for more yards than he would have thrown for, I figured, oh, okay, Tyrod Taylor must have had a monster day. But Blake Bortles? And it's not even like anything uber impressive. In fact, it's dreadful. 175 total yards. I, uh, I can't explain it. I just can't. Uh, I, I can't explain it either. How the heck does... Just watching that game, it's like he's just running for his life the whole time. Just mm-hmm. forget about passing. Maybe he should have just ran. Just forget about passing the entire game. Just run all the time. It's it's fine. It's just it's like Steve Young out there. <laughs> like exactly. What is what is happening here? I. Mm. Uh, it's 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 one of those, and even on the kickoff that. It should have been the exact opposite. I got to apologize to Kansas City and Tennessee fans because we really didn't even cover it that much. But, boy, did we wound up hyping up a stinker. I I mean, great defense, obviously, at the end. Uh, Nathan Peterman himself showing why he will be cut by the Bills in the (laughs) offseason. That's about all you can take away from it. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't know how you can blame him for all that. I mean, it's his first game since the game where he threw five interceptions. I mean, he exactly. did complete a first down. It's not like he immediately just failed. And Jalen Ramsey makes it a tremendous play on that interception. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm not discounting Jalen Ramsey whatsoever. He timed and jumped that route perfectly. But at the same time, don't you think that you should be a li- even a teeny bit more self-aware knowing that you threw five interceptions and a half, knowing that you just made a great play and ran and converted for a first down, then you fumble and then you throw a pick? Come on. Just come on. Yeah. Uh, look, there, I, I just don't know if Tyrod Taylor would have made that huge difference, though. You already had the time cutting against you as well, and it's not like the Jags defense was letting up at that point. I just feel like the Bills didn't do enough when they had opportunities in that game. And that's was Sean McCoy being gimpy at first, but he certainly played way better uh, in the towards you know as he went on in the game. Yeah, he really tired out that Jaguars front line. Got some big runs. He was a little bit less gimpy than I expected, and he really was a big contributor. So I have to give him incredible credit for that and cutting out that performance. I get. I mean, the only one we haven't talked about here, I guess, because it doesn't have any kind of tie-in. But I think the Falcons went out and proved that we could certainly be seeing them in the Super Bowl again. Mm, I think Minnesota's going to have something to say about that in the championship game. I would say if so the Eagles too. don't take care of them first. Yeah, and I think the Eagles are not happy at all with the Falcons being favored. 
at this point. But, I mean, they, they caught fire at the right time. You know, uh, you are without Carson Wentz, which I think leads some people to believe that Foles isn't going to be equal to the task. They did find a great way great way to stop a powerful offense in the Rams, and it's not that much different than the G, the, the Eagles. True, and I mean, Nick Foles does have quite a bit more experience in going up against teams like Atlanta. I don't know. Can Matt Ryan and this team pull off another shocker? They've proven that, okay, the hangover's done. We took our Alka-Seltzer. We had our Bloody Mary. We're good to go. But now, can they take that next step? And it's a big question mark. I like the fact that they're favored. It makes sense the fact that they're favored. But I'm not so quick to jump on the bandwagon. Uh, I can understand that. I just, I wonder something. I feel like the Eagles should be able to beat them. Especially being at home where they've been really good. I uh, just, I wonder if if maybe the Falcons are turning that page and finally shed that whole deal with last season and are ready to go on and all right we're proving we're just as good this season just got to get through two more games we're back where we were mm-hmm. and finally the Panthers did fire Mike Shula and quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey after that game now they're going to interview Nerve Turner possibly Oh, God. Oh, God. But, I mean, do you think that you should be blaming the offense for this? I mean, no. you did try to implement a running game that didn't show up at all in that game, and there were various parts of the season where it wasn't there. McCaffrey did have the big, long touchdown. Yeah, I just, I don't get it, and... Why fire Cam Dorsey when he's done everything he possibly could with Cam Newton? Cam Newton is still Cam, no matter what you do. You're only going to peak, but so far with him. Yeah, I just feel like it's been shown that when he... you he We saw it this year. When they tried to change the offense, it didn't work. They had to revert back to what they were before because Cam couldn't deal with it. And the running game wasn't working either, which that helps. But I just, I don't understand this whole obsession with the, okay, now we're just going to fire to fire him? Okay. Yeah. I just don't think that Mike Shula was the reason here. No, that's, mm-mm. He wasn't there looking for a scapegoat. Is there anything from – I feel like Jacksonville, the defense still is is the defense. They could certainly cause Big Ben problems. But if Blake Bortles plays like that again, I just feel like the Steelers are going to eat him alive. They, they will, and it's really – it's really up to Blake to look at – his film from what they did when they met early on in the season. See if he can replicate that. Because that's exactly what the Steelers are going to do. They're going to see what holes they can fix, how they can manipulate the Jaguars in coverage, so Ben doesn't go out and throw five interceptions again. I think with this defense, he'll probably get intercepted twice. And I, but I think if Antonio Brown is back at 100% and ready to go, then I would give the Steelers a teeny bit of an edge. But if the Jaguars want to follow my prediction and get to the AFC Championship game, they've got to ride the arm of number five. You mean the legs of number five? Uh... I don't want to see a repeat. I feel like Fournette's just, he's not come back from all the injuries. So he's not been the same. 
No, and running game's clearly not the same without him. Yeah, and then, oh, I mean, that's why Bortles had to sub in and be the running game. I, I feel like also TJ Yeldon not being there to block hurts as well because we saw Chris Ivey has some problems uh, on that end. And just, man, they were getting, that offensive line was getting beat up after a while by that, by that Bills defense and Steelers defense, you know, they have that extra chip on their shoulder from the Shazier injury. They're doing it for him. I feel mm-hmm. like Big Ben, after all the talk about the retiring and everything else, and uh, all the drama that happened with the Patriots, I feel like it's almost destined for Patriots-Steelers in the championship game again. All destiny has a funny way of... Uh doing these things and kind of screwing with you so while i think it's destiny i'll agree with that i say that would come up with the time if anything for the jaguars to upset that apple cart fair enough it could certainly be on the cards but i feel like the bills showed the steelers you what you got to do and they're certainly a team capable of doing that same thing. And the NFC-wise, I feel like the Falcons might have shown me a lot more to where I feel like they have a shot against the Eagles, especially because, again, playoffs a different animal. Uh-huh. Nick Foles has got to adjust to that. If they can stop Ajayi at least a little bit. I mean, I don't know because you got the double running back situation, which the... Rams were just focused on Gurley. How much does that affect what the Eagles do? And, uh, I mean, for the, the other NFC side, I've that was my conference championship game, so this is going to be interesting that's happening a week before, but I felt like the Saints were the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. So Case Keenum is in a much better situation than he was when they played previously. I feel like the Vikings are still going to take that one. I, I didn't see anything that... I mean, the Saints played what did what they do. I didn't see anything that makes me go, okay, I don't think... I still think the Vikings are just as good. I still do, too. And I still say, you talk about motivation. The Vikings have been having conversations about hosting that Super Bowl for quite some time. And with the possibility now that if Pat Shermer gets hired somewhere else, Case Keenum could go with him. Yeah, Keenum's going to want to make sure his stock stays high for wherever he's going to play quarterback. And this would be a huge notch in that belt. I think the Vikings go one step closer. Fair enough. I do as well. And we'll see it uh, this weekend. Uh, the, the double dose of Saturday and Sunday games again. And the, sorry for not having the show on Sunday that I talked about. Just the family decided to have other people around till really late. And that made it a problem. And then uh, Monday night was just uh, things going not well. So we're doing it all day two days later than we expected. But hopefully... This weekend's a different deal. Uh, So we kind of stay with our picks that we made on the last episode. Uh, At least I do. I I still think it's going to be Steelers and Patriots. Uh, Well, I guess I have to pick a different team now. Vikings and... uh, I think I'm going to say that the Falcons pull the upset off. I think the Vikings and Falcons get through. Yeah, uh, AFC, I'm sticking with Patriots-Jaguars. NFC, yeah, Minnesota-Atlanta. I I don't like Nick Foles in this situation. I just don't. (laughs) He's going to have a lot to prove, and maybe perhaps he, uh, he can do it. He can... You'd say, look, what uh, I know Carson Wentz is the guy and everything, but have faith in me as well. 
But all right, uh, until perhaps Sunday, we will uh, see be there to discuss the games that, that were in the playoffs. And until then, we'll see you later, everybody. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.